You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Church and Pleasant Green Road. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now, here's our pastor with this week's sermon. Parents out there are really proud of, of your kids this morning, your students. But I'll tell you what, as their pastor, i just amazed. At every, I mean, every week I get to hear them on Wednesday nights lead us in worship, but uh, just this morning, just hearing, just hearing them instrumentally, but also vocally, and seeing how far they've come. Oh my goodness! Just really, really excited for them this morning. A little excited. Hey, let me just start with this. I have a zero prank policy in my ministry, and my this band just pranked me uh, because they wrote Dr. Scott and Joy from the youth band Bojangles. I bought them Bojangles breakfast to say I'm proud of you. Go, go have a good day, and they just pranked me with. And put this up here, so let me hide that, so no one gets distracted by Bojangles while I preach. All right, here we go. And the worst part about this is sausage biscuits. I don't eat sausage, so that made it, like, a lot worse, guys. So. No. Uh, all right, so, uh, yeah, so that prank just happened. So I'm really, I'm really excited to be up here. Anytime I get up here to preach, I'm very, very excited, but in particular, I was thinking on the way here this morning, I was just praying over this morning of the service, and I feel like every graduation Sunday, I come up here, and I speak to our seniors, I speak to our students, and I speak to the church, and I feel like every time I, I come up, my yearly, in 14 years of youth ministry, this is yearly what I do. And so I feel, on the way here this morning, I'm thinking, am I, it's like I come up here to give the state of youth ministry for America. It's kind of what I feel like I'm doing. And I know that sounds a little dramatic, but last year I came up here and I talked about sticky faith. And I don't know if you remember that, but what I talked about is that there were some, some studies done. And it showed that, that teenagers who, who have a faith that is sticky, a faith that sticks, when they graduate, they're able to go off into college and they stick with their faith because they have a sticky faith. And when we think of sticky faith, it's probably not like a real positive situation, but here it is. We want them to have a faith that sticks. That's why we have, we have 21 volunteers who pour into our students every week down there at North Campus. That, I mean, that's just amazing. And with them, they pour into them during the week. They love on these students. And so we cannot do student ministry without our adults, without our adult volunteers, our youth workers. And so I'm very thankful for each one of you who are who pour into our students. Those who open up your houses for connect groups, we can't do this without you. We need a faith that sticks after high school and goes into college. But this morning, I'm, I'm not here to talk about sticky faith. I'm actually here to talk about keychains, which, once again, probably not something that comes to your mind when you think about the church, when you think about student ministry, when you think about America, right? You don't think about keychains. I brought my keychain up here for just a second. I have a lot of keys. I got keys to, to doors throughout this church, to the little latches. I got keys to every van that we have. I have a lot of keys that weigh me down. But there are also keys that, that because I, have a, I serve as a pastor here, so I have keys because of that. Keys were given to me because I have a responsibility here at Ebenezer. But this morning, we're going to talk about keys and keychains, and, and what does that look like for us? I think back to a few weeks ago, we started the Welcome Home series here at Ebenezer. 
And as we started this welcome home, I thought, hey, man, that's great that we're having this, that this, this thing, this home, this homey feeling that we should have as a church, that, that whatever struggles that we may have, and though pastors may not have been your original intention, but this is kind of for me what I've seen is that what has happened is that we have, it's allowed for an environment of us to be ourselves. Not to come in here with this persona that, hey, it's church, I must put my church mask on, but that we come in here that we can be ourselves. We start off talking about moms, talked about marriage, talked about families. And this morning we're talking about teenagers and also what comes after graduation. And what does a, how does a church respond in light of that? I told you we were talking about keys and keychains, so let me... Being that we are in a home, in a welcome home series, that this should be homey, we should lay everything on the table because I'm making myself at home here this morning. I wanna share a story about keys in my life. I could share two, I'll actually share two. I wasn't going to share this other one, but when I looked over at you, Jen, it made me think about it. So uh, I have a hard time um, keeping track of keys sometimes in my life. And so Jen, our ministry assistant, went and bought this for me because she said it should, I should clip it on me all the time. It should never leave me because she normally has to open the doors for me about only two to three days a week <laughs> uh, when I'm locked out. But, I was, but when I think about keys, though, for me personally, I was 16 years old. I turned on September 6th, and I don't even know what year it was. Um, but when I turned 16, I was, I was a very, I was the only boy in my family. So I have all-girl cousins, and I have my sister, and then it's me. And I'm the baby, too. And so I'm, I'm kind of, well, I'm really spoiled. And, and so my sister, when she got, a, she got a car when she turned 16, my, my parents helped buy my cousins. They lived with us for a little bit. So my parents helped get them a car so they could get places. And uh, they were, um, played lacrosse and field hockey and things like that. And my sister was volleyball, and I was running cross-country and things like that. So I... It's my 16th birthday, right? So in tra if tradition was to follow what it has done before, I should have a car when I wake up. <laughs> if tradition was to follow. Keep part. And so I went to, my dad took me to, to, to school and I ran cross country and I practiced. I'm like, oh, my parents are good. They're good. They're going to pick me up, right? And I told them. Now, I was, once again, I know I was a brat, and I know I was annoying and all these things. I put it, I mean, I made, I'll tell you later, I did a repent and apologize for all this to my parents, but I, I was really, I was a brat. All right, so, and so when the, the, my dad picked me up, and he picked me up in his car, and I'm thinking, okay, this is not funny anymore. Like, I'm over it, right? I'm over this. And so we got home, and my parents were taking me down to Baltimore, Maryland. We're supposed to go this big uh, dinner, and my whole family was coming in. And I get home, and I'm just, I, once again, we're at home, so I can, I can be honest with you. I, I just, like, I, I got to got a shower. I came downstairs. Like, all right, he's going to be here. It wasn't there. And I just, like, so I went off with my parents in a, in a, in a way that I am, I've since repented from. But I was like, you did it for them. Why not me? I'm your favorite child, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, all these things, I've laid it all out there. I'm, I'm it, you know? Like, God's called me to be a pastor. Hey, I need a car. And so, 
My mom said, Scott, can you just please just be quiet? Um, just please just be quiet. She goes, go look out in the garage. And there it was. There it was. My car was there, and, I, and they had it for two weeks, and they were doing this on purpose to me. Just to annoy me, they were doing it. And they said, we weren't giving it to you till later tonight, but you're being so annoying, we're just giving it to you now. And my grandfather had hid it at his house, and I had been over there, and he was like, kept distracting me. I had no clue, but he kept distracting me, like, hey, let's go play golf. And so, like, distract me from going out in the garage where I would have seen it. And I share that story with you because every 16-year-old, when they get their keys, it's a big deal, right? It's a huge deal when you get your keys. Then you, the, you pay your first gas, fill your first gas tank up, and it's no longer a big deal. It's, I need a job, a J-O-B, real quick. And so what happens, though, with that is that when my parents gave me the keys to my Mustang, I was, man, I was so excited, right? I was excited because I couldn't wait to what I had in store for that car. I knew what I was, I knew that, that at that moment that I had a job, and so I knew that I had cross country, had all these different things I was, I was doing. And so I knew my parents were going to give me that keys to that car. They trusted me and gave me a responsibility. And this was the time where you don't have to have your permit, all this stuff for six months. It was like, I can go out and drive right away. And so I went out, and, and I was just, I was able to drive, and I was able, my parents started sending me on different responsibilities and different things that I'm supposed to be doing. Because my family trusted me with the keys to the car. And that same mentality this morning, we're going to be talking about keys have been given to us. What are we doing with the responsibility that God has given us? So we're going to be in John, chapter 21. John, chapter 21. 15 through 19 is really what we're camping out at. Now, this part of Scripture, it comes after Jesus' burial, his resurrection. He's, he's appeared to his disciples. He's already appeared to Thomas. Right? So this is where we're at. This is all this has already happened. Jesus has already resurrected. He's already appeared to his disciples. Thomas has already touched the wounds of Jesus. We're there. And here is seven disciples out Previously here, this is John chapter uh, 21, verses 15 to 19. And so Jesus, is, Jesus sees his seven disciples, seven of his disciples out there fishing. And he tells them, hey, hey, go, this is my summary, go throw, you know, they're not able to catch anything, so he tells them, hey, throw it out. They bring it in, they bring in some fish, and he says, hey, bring, come on in. And so they, they bring it on in. I guess they realized, I mean, it's a lot to that of, he said, come, let's have breakfast. So they came. Who are you? <laughs> they dared ask, who are you? Because they already knew it was the Lord. So here we are. I'm going to pick up in verse 15. I'm just going to read this, and then we're going to go back over it after this. So verse 15 says this. When they had finished eating breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. And then verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, 
son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And so Jesus said this to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will be stretched out by your hands and another will will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This was to show by what kind of death he was to do to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Let's pray. Father, we, we come here this morning, Lord, and we pray right now, Lord, for your word to come alive to us. Father, I pray now, Lord, that you will speak to us. Father, I pray now, Lord, for me and, all, and down to all of us, Lord, and up, up to all of us, Lord. Just, may you just speak through us. Lord, may you just move in a mighty way this morning. Father, we pray over our seniors, Lord. We pray now, Lord, over our student ministry. Lord, pray over every ministry of this church. And Father, as this morning we talk about keys and, and keychains, Lord, may you just, Lord, may you just help us to be able to implement this into our, our own lives, our own ministry. We pray this in your name. Amen. Now, Peter has been walking with Jesus from the beginning of his ministry. He's been walking with Jesus. He knows Jesus. He, he knows that the ministry, that he knows what Jesus has been doing. He's seen Jesus die. He, he's known that Jesus is resurrected. But something happened right before the crucifixion. You see, Jesus was eating with his disciples at the Last Supper. And he, he told Peter, hey, before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. You will deny me three times. And then we get to John 21 here. And Jesus, and, and, and many theologians say, here it is, is, is that Jesus is restoring Peter. But they also go on and say there's a lot more to just restoring him here. And so that's what we're going to be unpacking. Yes, Peter is restored, and there is that forgiveness, and there is that, that, that three times, that I love you, Lord. But there's also more in this text that sometimes we may leave out. And so point number one this morning. Keys to kingdom ministry. Keys to kingdom ministry. We find this in verse 15. Let me read this again for us. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus invites Peter to enter into the work of helping to feed the sheep. He is giving keys to a kingdom ministry. What is happening here? Yes, there's Jesus here who is forgiving Peter and restoring him. But at the same time, what is happening here is that Jesus is beginning to hand him the keys to a kingdom ministry. He's handing him the keys to do ministry. To do what he's been, what Jesus has been doing the whole time. And, and Peter's been following him. And now it's saying, hey, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then if you love me, then go and feed my sheep. What it's talking about here is this. 
If we were to go back to Matthew 4.19, Matthew 4.19, Jesus begins his ministry. And we'll get to, I'll get, we'll get to this later. I get really, really excited at this part in the end. But just a little hint of this is this, is that Jesus begins to call his disciples. He sees two, two guys out there fishing, and he says to them, hey, drop everything. This is my paraphrase. Drop everything, and I will make you fishers of men. Well, guess what? It's starting to come to completion now. Jesus' time on this earth is, is starting to fade away a little bit. He's buried to sin to go back to be with the Father, and here he is now at this point saying, hey, feed my sheep. Here's the keys to kingdom ministry. Here's the keys to a kingdom ministry. So in Matthew 4.19, Jesus wanted Peter to be devoted to becoming a fisher of men. In the Greek, it says bosco, meaning to feed by portraying the duty of a Christian teacher in every way the spiritual welfare of the members of the church. So let me just tell you again what that means. What this means in the Greek is this. It's portraying the duty of a Christian teacher in every way along with the spiritual welfare of the members of the church. Hey, I want you to take care of the church. I want you to take care of the believers who have been following us. I am putting you in charge. I am entrusting you. He's saying, I choose you and I'm giving you the keys. You have what it takes, so now go for it. Go for it. Now, I'm going to give you some different types of keys. But Jesus hands the keys. There it is. But let me give you some, I'm going to give you four different types of keys that, that exist in churches in America. I'm not saying these are the key, people have this in Ebenezer. I'm just saying these are keys in America, churches. Churches in America. So here it is, the keyless, the keyless leader. So here it is. A keyless leader is this. It's often a young and inexperienced without authority or access. These leaders spend their time trying to prove they are worthy to, to possess the keys. It's typically a teenage student, passionate and excited and full of potential to be a great leader in the church. But it can also be a church member who feels they have lost access to the keys and having a voice within the church. That's a keyless leader. Key, and here's the next one, a key hoarding leader. Always holding the keys and refusing to give others access. They want to run the show. This could be an extroverted ministry leader who draws a crowd through their personality but drives others away who try to help. A key loaning leader, a key loaning leader often takes keys off of their keychain and letting others borrow them temporarily and they make sure the keys are returned quickly. <laughs> they want people to con contribute, but they believe others won't do as good as a job as they can. And then the last leader, the keychain leader. Keychain leader. This is what we want. They are very aware of the keys they hold they are constantly opening doors for someone while training and entrusting others who are ready for their own set of keys. Everyone seems to get better 
when this leader is involved. And a long list of people can point this leader as the reason they serve in the church body. A key chain leader. So verse 15, point number one, is keys to a kingdom ministry. Now each one of us, each one of us, no matter whether we're a graduate, no matter whether we are a student, whether we are an adult, whether we are a college student, wherever we are in life, if we are followers of Christ, keys have been given to us. We have been given keys to a kingdom ministry. The question is, is what are we doing with the keys that have been given to us for kingdom ministry? You say, well, how, what keys have been given to me? I don't have keys to the church. The keys that have been given to you is that through your salvation, you have been given keys and, and able to enter through the, to, to enter heaven. But at the same time, you've also been keys, given keys to serve as a missionary in your workplace. You've been given keys to be a missionary in your neighborhood. You've been given keys to reproduce disciples. You've been given keys to serve in the church, which leads us to point number two, which is keys to serve in the church. We find this in verse number 16. It says this. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, then tend to my sheep. Tend to my sheep. If we were to dive back into the Greek text, we'd find that this phrase means to tend to flock and keep the sheep. But not just keep the sheep, but you are to rule and govern over them. You are to nourish them. You are to serve the church body and take care of the needs of their soul. So Jesus is passing off the keys for sure here to Peter. But remember, Peter has already denied Jesus three times. One theologian said like this, the essential message here is that Jesus demands total commitment from his followers. Their love for him must place him above their, lo their love for all else. Jesus confronted Peter with love because he wanted Peter to lead the apostles. We see this in Matthew 16, 18. But in order for Peter to be an effective shepherd, his overwhelming drive must exemplify supreme love for his Lord. So often in life, we, we could end up like a Peter where we mess up in our Christian walk. It could be that maybe we don't deny Jesus, but maybe we don't represent him the way we're supposed to represent him. Maybe we fall into some sin in our, in our life. And we feel like, hey, my failures and my struggles, all these different things, there's no way that God could use me. And I would say just look through the Bible because he used Rahab. He used Moses. Down there in my, on my, in my office, I have this big whiteboard, and I wrote on there all these different names. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And Rick Warren made this quote, and, and he put all these names up there, and then he put, he put this quote out. You know, he said, Moses, Moses had, uh, stuttered, and Rahab was a, 
a prostitute, and it kept going on and on. And it says when we stop making excuses, God will be ready to use us. When we stop making excuses, God will then use us. And, I, and we look at this, and, and Jesus is giving Peter the keys here. The keys to go and to serve the church. Jesus saw the worth of Peter here and knew that he could contribute to the kingdom. And so he gives him the keys here to go and to serve. To go serve the church. Peter is one of those guys that put his foot in his mouth every time we turn around. I mean, who knows what he's going to say next? But Jesus saw in him the real person, the person who loved him, the person who wanted to be used and to serve. And so Jesus gives him the keys and says, hey, hey, go, this is, go and tend, go and nourish the sheep. Go in to nourish the church. Go and feed them. Seniors, in your bag this morning, I put a key in there that, that Jen made for me this week. It looks just like this because it is this. And, uh, and I put in here, it's my key to, and then blank, for you to fill it in. I want you to know that we are giving you the keys this morning to serve in the church. We are giving you keys this morning to go serve in the church. Find your place and jump in and serve. Jump in and serve. You choose the ministry, and, or we can help you find a place that matches your gifting. But do not head off to college or graduate from college or from master's programs or wherever and not serve within a local church. It may not be Ebenezer Baptist Church. You may go off and you may have another local church. But wherever it is, do not, do not leave. Do not graduate and not serve within the church. The keys have been handed to you. You decide now where you go and serve. It could be in another student ministry. It could be in a college ministry. It could be helping out in their children's ministry. It could be serving in worship. It could be many different things. But go and serve in a church. Go and serve in a church. And church. I don't know your exact story. But I was called into ministry at 15 years old. 15 years old, God <laughs> laid out a clear calling on my life. And my church that I served in handed me keys at 15 years old and said, I trust you. I trust you. 15 years old, I got up in front of my church and I preached Matthew chapter 6 to my church because my pastor gave me the keys and said, I trust you, now go and I will help disciple you and go preach the gospel. At 14 years old, I said, hey, I love computers, I love technology. They said, oh, do you really? Hey, how about this? We're short a man in the sound booth. 14 years old, hey, here's the keys, go run the sound booth. 
Why? Because they entrusted me. They wanted, they don't, they wanted me to serve the church. And I don't know what your story is. Maybe you have a desire to serve in children's ministry, in the preschool ministry, student ministry, the choir, or men's ministry, or women's ministry, missions, whatever it is, the keys are there. The keys are there, and we want to encourage you, hey, come home and serve. Come home and serve. We need your help. To be the church, we need your help. I don't know if you've noticed recently, but there's been a lot of teenagers running things around here in a positive way. The camera, so we have student ministry up there, some students up there helping serve alongside some adults. Computer up there, we have some students up there. We have some students up here who lead worship because we're giving them the keys to serve. I'm not going to embarrass someone, but last night about, oh man, I want to say 9.30, 10 o'clock last night, I got a text from a student, and I, I'll be honest, I, I'm not going to embarrass a student, but I got really, really excited last night and said, hey, I, do you need me to run the camera? Amen, right? Like, yes, yes. We, <laughs> I already talked to this person. I said, when are you ready? I'm ready to go. Let's train you. Let's do it. Why? Because we want them to have the keys to serve in the church. Last year, Milby, T.J. Milby came up here and preached. Why? Because we want him to have the keys so that he could then go and preach the word and then go off and preach it up at college and then come back here a few weeks ago in the student ministry on a Wednesday night. I talked to him over spring break, I think it was. I said, hey, would you be off for preaching on a Wednesday night when you get back? Yeah. Great. So now our students got to see hey, how he's grown in his walk and how we've given him the keys to go and serve. If you are in a ministry and you say, hey, we, I would love to have some students walk beside us. Give them the keys and help them to serve. Maybe you're saying, hey, I'm not a teenager, but I just want to serve in the church. Amen. We'll give you the keys to serve in that area that you want to serve in. It may not literally be keys, but we're giving you keys to go serve. Because we need your help to serve this community and to be the church. We need your help. I need to hurry up time-wise. All right. I haven't got to the good stuff yet, guys. I'm sorry. All right. Point number three, keys to reproducing disciples. So number one is keys to kingdom ministry. Number two is keys to serve in the church. But now it's point number three. It's now keys to reproducing disciples. We find this in verse number 18. It says this in verse 18. Truly, truly, I say to you. So I, have, I think it's verse 17, I'm sorry. It says 18 up there, but I apologize. All right, verse 17, he said to them, Simon, the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know that everything, you know that I've loved you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do, where you do not want to go. This w- was said to show what kind of death he was going to happen to glorify God. I'm going to stop there. Begin to think with our community specifically about whether young people among us are being given shared responsibilities in life of the church. I wonder whether they're being invited to contribute to the movement of the kingdom in our community. I wonder whether in our congregation or other congregations in America, if students have the role to serve in the church. And I know in Ebenezer they do. They do. We're working, we're helping our students to serve. But I'll tell you what, I told you at 14 years old that my church told me about soundboard and said, hey, I want you to start serving the soundboard and computer and all that. I, didn't, I left part of it out because it doesn't happen until this part of my sermon. <laughs> but with that came someone who discipled me, who invited me in their house and said, hey, we can talk tech stuff all day long, but let's actually, let's t- start talking about Jesus. Because we're not doing this so that we, so no mistakes happen on stage, though that is the purpose. We're doing it because we want to glorify God with the gifts and talents that we have. Then at 15 years old, I'm called into ministry. 16, I'm preaching in front of the church, and my, my youth pastor my pastor are discipling me. They're taking me to places and pouring into me, inviting me to their homes, and just pouring into me how to write a Bible study, how to write a sermon. Hey, that, that, that same thing happens here. It's keys to reproducing disciples. It's keys to reproducing disciples is that we want to, we want to not, just, not just serve. We want to serve with a purpose. That we are in the midst of that reproducing disciples. We're making disciples. We're, we're pouring into them. We're helping them grow. And so seniors and, and graduates and, and students in the church, what we're saying here is this, is that you have been giving keys You've been given keys now to serve, but while you're doing that, you've also have been given keys to reproduce disciples. Some of you who are graduating this week, I met with you at Chick-fil-A. I, met, I, I discipled you. Go and disciple others the same way you have been discipled. And the same goes for all of us. The way that you have been discipled, the way that someone has poured into you, begin to start to pour into someone else. If you don't know where to start, I'm going to be selfish for just a second. We have teenagers who would love for you to pour into them. For you just to do life with them. You don't have to be this big theologian. You just have to be one step ahead of them in their Christian walk. And you get to pour and disciple and invest in them. Selfish plug, I know, but it's all right. N.T. Wright says this, a fresh challenge, a new commission. It's time to learn how to be a shepherd. Time to feed the lambs and sheep. 
to look after them. Not only is this a fresh commission, not only is Jesus trusting Peter to get back to fruitful work and to turn his undoubted, though wobbly love for Jesus to good account, it's more. Is Jesus is sharing his own work, his own ministry with Peter. And this is what we can do for others around us, whatever our level of influence. Verse 19, now this is not a point, this is just something I want to end with today. I say and, we, uh, a few more minutes, but verse 19, I love the way it ends. Look there with me for just a second. Verse 19, the ending. And after saying this, he said all this to Peter. After saying all this to Peter, he says what? Two big words. Follow me. Follow me. Now let me tell you what. Follow me meant something to to Peter. If you were to look back, if you would look back over John chapter 1, 35 to 42, you would see there was two brothers who were out fishing one day. One was Andrew. The other was Simon Peter. And Jesus went up to them and said, hey, drop everything and follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. And the Bible says and immediately, immediately, they dropped everything and followed Jesus. You said, I read that somewhere else. That's right. We also find it in Luke 5.10. It says, Simon, now Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Mark 1, 16 to 18, the same picture. And we see that immediately pops up there. And then Matthew 4, 18 through 20. We see it there too. So something must be about follow me. About being fishers of men. There must be something big. It's in all four gospels. There's something about follow me. And so Jesus says to Peter, hey, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Guess what? Now at the end of Jesus' ministry, his t- end of his time on earth, Jesus now says, hey, here's the keys. Now go be fishers of men. The same thing is for us. The keys have been given to us. Now let's go be fishers of men. Let's now go and serve. Let's go and serve. Fuller Youth Institute has shown that people ages 15 to 29 are looking for a role to play right now in the church, and they want to learn it alongside other leaders who can show them the way. Those leaders are taking keys off their keychains and handing them over. The keys of responsibility, authority, and influence and access have been handed over. And this text invites us to recognize that invitation and extend onto us as followers of Jesus. And take the, king, the keys of the kingdom offered to us and then use them. It also invites us to join in the journey of our faithful community into God's future. You are where you are in your Christian walk. You are where you are in this church because someone first poured into you, correct? And so because of that, it's, we must be pouring into others also. 
so the good news is that we all have a part to play. We all have been given keys. Some may be on the sidelines and wanting to be invited in to play. Guess what? We're inviting you to come on and in and play and serve alongside of us. I love student ministry. I love students. And this next statement is one that is I'm sharing from the bottom of my heart. And I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but it's all right if I do. The student ministry that I pour into every day, that I love so much, and my wife will tell you I love them so much because I, I talk about them all the time and about new ideas and new things. But here's his statement. Our students, our teenagers, Yes, they are the church, the future church, but they are also the church of today. They are the church of today. They need to be invited in to serve alongside us. And there's others who maybe have been visiting us for a few weeks, few years, whatever, a few months, whatever it is. It's time to come in and start serving alongside of us. Join this family, welcome home, and come and serve alongside of us. It's time to come and use the keys that have been given to us and access the door and begin to serve and reproduce disciples within Ebenezer Baptist Church. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now, Lord. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that your word did not go out without void, Lord. I pray now, Lord, that it was heard and, Lord, that you'll help us to respond accordingly. Lord, you have entrusted many in this church with keys, Lord. And we also pray now, Lord, that teenagers will be handed those keys to serve also. Lord, I pray now, Lord, that you will for anyone, Lord, who has been, maybe, Lord, just wanting to be asked to come and to serve, and, or where there, is there a need, Lord, that, that right now, Lord, that during this time of invitation, Lord, that you would just, Lord, that you would just absolutely help them. Lord, to jump in. Lord, to serve you. Father, I pray now, Lord, for our graduates. Lord, I pray now, Lord, that you'll help them, Lord, to wherever you take them next. Lord, they have been given keys to go and serve. Lord, let them go and serve you. Father, I pray now, Lord, for mentor relationships, discipleship relationships to be born here today. Lord, may we just maybe grab someone and bring them down and start praying over them. Lord, maybe an adult and adult or an adult and a teenager, Lord, or whatever that looks like. But Father, I pray now, Lord, that we'll begin the process of discipleship, Lord, the process of serving within this church. Lord, I pray now, Lord, if anyone has been visiting Lord, I'm looking for a place to call home. Lord, may they call Ebenezer Baptist Church home today. Lord, may this time of invitation be a time of prayer, but Lord, also a time of responding, Lord. Lord, may you just allow people just to give them the freedom, Lord, to 
to walk down here and to join this family, Lord, or jump in and start wanting to serve. Lord, we pray now, Lord, this time of invitation, Lord, you move. And we pray, amen. Let's go ahead and stand up. interesting I, I listen thank you Scott for sharing and and what God has laid on your heart and 
And, um, and it's a challenge to us. You think about it as, as an investment in lives. If the investment that you're making right now in the life of those around you, if it were to grow, what would happen? And if you're not invested at all, what happens? There are a lot of churches out there that have never invested in the lives that are just a little bit younger. And so what we see is we see doors of churches closed. And so I want to encourage you, don't leave this. Don't, don't let the, the message of this morning of handing over keys to, to somebody behind you. And they may not be you know, 15, 20 years behind you. They may only be a year behind you. But wherever you need to hand it off, hand it off and grow and disciple folks. Because um, the, the future of the church, not because it relies on us, but because God wants to use us as his instruments, it, it counts. And so, um, so I am, I'm thrilled with the, the message and the challenge. And it's a, a challenge to me as well. Um, it is good to be here this morning. Do you want to introduce some folks? Just, just because? Okay. You want this? Yeah. All right. Uh, so this morning I'm going to ask um, Victor and Sarah and their two boys, Cody and Justin, to come up. And I'm not going to embarrass you guys. I promise. I promise. I promise. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, not much. But yeah, I just I want to invite you as a church, uh, first off, at the end of this, to come up and just welcome them. Uh, they've decided to join our church and, and so I'm really, really, they're already serving, to be honest. The, I, let me say this real quick. North Campus, metamorphosis would not have happened without this couple right here. I'll be honest. And, and, and the McGee's and all that poured in up there. But food-wise, it was them who pulled it off. So they're already serving. But I'm just excited that they are now joining our church and part of this family. So welcome. And i just so thankful that you guys are, are joining any part of this. And, Except what God has in store. So this is the snipes. And so I want to, after uh, I pray, or do you want to pray? Or, on the spot right now, see. Uh, so I'll, I'll pray, and then we'll, um, and then I just want to welcome you to come up before you leave and rush out those doors to get the food that you come up and just uh, shake a hand, hug a neck, and um, just welcome them to our family. Father, I pray now, Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for this time to be here this morning. Lord, thank you for the word, Lord, uh, that Father, that we have keys, Lord, that we can go and serve. And so, Father, I pray right now, Lord, that, Lord, may we just go and, and use that this week and invest and reproduce disciples. But, Father, I pray right now, Lord, thank you right now, Lord, for the Snipes family, Lord. I'm, I'm glad and thankful, Lord, uh, for them joining our family, Lord. And, well, they've already been great friends to me, Lord, and I'm excited right now, Lord, of what you're going to do with them here at Ebenezer. Father, I pray right now, Lord, this week, may you guide and direct us. And we pray, amen. For listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday at 10:30 a.m. for our weekly worship service. If you have found this resource helpful, then please share it with others and check out our ministries at ebcconnect.org.